I, w- I was somebody when I was on the World Cup, I did not complain about my equipment. I did not use my equipment as an excuse. Uh, now, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that the World Championships in 1985, uh, I got fourth in that race in the GS by five one hundredths of a second. And I'm not going to tell you all of the drama of my skis and the technician. This week, I got to chat with Deb Armstrong, former US ski team member and winner of a gold medal at the 1984 Winter Olympics in alpine skiing. So incredible athlete. And I've been meaning to get in touch with Deb for a while because I think she's quite inspiring in the way she coaches and if you check out her youtube channel deb armstrong you'll you'll really see this not real fast right now and what's important when you get into a steep pitch like you you at any moment have to be able to do whatever you want to do you have to be able to let it loose and go fast you have to be able to stop you have to be able to make a really quick turn or you might want to be able to jump for all of that you have to be in balance and for all of that you have to be in control at all times you can just tell her passion through these videos she gets really excited has a lot of energy but i really wanted to interview her to get to some more technical kind of questions because i know that she's done a lot of stuff to help uh sort of maybe the, the, the average skier but i wanted to interview her for people who are maybe a bit more technically minded and to get uh, her opinion on some really interesting topics so i talked to deb about getting older so like this is something we all have to deal with and she's had a really big realization in the last year that there's this sort of this tipping point that she really needs to be active in in doing something about that so she talks to to us about that i ask her about equipment and it's really interesting you'll find out that she was almost sort of maybe born to ski with her anatomy she fits boots really well has never really had to do much we talk about skis we talk about technique, many great topics. I really hope you enjoy this conversation. I thoroughly did, and I can't wait to chat with Deb again and hopefully go for a ski with her and make a video with her on snow as well because I think it would be a really fun experience and we'd learn a lot. That's enough from me. I hope you enjoy this interview with Deb Armstrong. Where I am finding my personal joy, you know, at this point in my career, I am older. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. I've been there. I've done that. And it's kind of proving things to myself and really finding joy in a transformative relationship and experience with the guest. And that's challenging. I mean, that's not easy and kind of finding the the i don't know pride in that joy in that something so on on that like the goal being a, like a transformative on snow experience would you say there are a couple of things that really you find seem to be barriers hurdles to 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 getting there like for example i would I'd say for me, like, uh, I, I really find it's people's beliefs before 
you're coaching them and and if they're really you know holding on to that because who maybe their dad taught them a certain way and you're telling them something that's complete opposite to what their dad and their dad was their hero you might never get through to them unless you approach that barrier so yeah i mean that's tough it it's well it it's it's tough it's tough working with those folks who don't necessarily want to learn that that that's not where they're at or they don't necessarily care you know they don't need to improve they don't want to improve so there there would be a disconnect i'm not going to be the best person to be skiing with that person because i am just wired to learn wired yeah. for growth wired to improve i don't really relate with the people who are out there who don't want that so so i'm not going to be the best guide for you on the mountain you know um with the folks that are just set at, in their belief system as as you just said yeah that's a that's an interesting challenge and i like to take on that challenge like can you think uh, of an experience maybe last season with, with someone that maybe you got through uh, to that person or or you figured out what the or they maybe actually realized themselves what the that 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 was a block like is there a personal experience there well you know i don't know if i can think of one exactly but i i have to be careful with myself because the the block could be with me you know i mean <laughs> if they're dead set in where they're coming from am i going to assume that they're the one that has to change i mean am i the one that is always right? Am I the one who knows everything? I mean, I have to ask myself that question. Is this a situation where I need to be open here? Actually, that's huge. Like, I I can think of a number of times being on snow with some maybe prolific type people where they've got themselves in a situation where They've not wanted to give up because of the ego or whatever. They're not wrong. And, and it doesn't, it's, yeah, it's hard, isn't it? It's re- like your ego, like it's so yeah, precious. And, and there, there, there's, I, it's hard for me to think of a situation where I'm, where I have all the answers. I mean, I, there, I don't, I don't know how somebody learns best. I do not know how somebody is hearing what I'm saying. I don't know how they're understanding what I'm saying. Uh, so I certainly don't have all the answers and there are so many times I'm wrong. And I'll give an example. I was with a nine-year-old, uh, this last summer and this nine-year-old is a good little skier. And this nine-year-old was motivated to go up longer in ski link. And, you know, I was said in my mind, no, you know, that's not right for you. But I kind of needed to pick my battles. Da, 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 da. I mean, long story short, this kid got on this really long slalom ski and he just diced it. I mean, he humbled <laughs> me. He taught me. And I, I just thought, wait, you know, that um, I'm a real hard headed. I've got ego. I'm a s- strong voice, a strong mind. 
And that gets me into trouble. I mean, I can be like a freight train with my thoughts and, and, you know, I think sometimes that, that serves me really well. And, and I do know a lot. I mean, I've, I, I have a lot of expertise and experience and, and, but I don't know everything. So that's always a balancing act. Now there, there was an example of an individual uh, who, who had a lot of credentials kind of an older individual who was not evolving their mentality, not evolving technique. And there was sort of a feud within this person's ski club. And, you know, some people in the club wanted this guy to evolve and grow. And this guy was dead set. And they kind of brought me in to be the middle person and, 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 and break the ice. I, I don't know. I went out skiing with this guy. And, oh, my gosh, I mean, he belonged in a museum. It was insane what he was doing. What he was doing was beautiful, was amazing. It was old-fashioned. It, it it, no place for current certification, no place on the mountain to be giving anybody modern tips and advice. But what I said to this guy is, please never change. You are brilliant. What you're doing is so amazing, is so skillful, but you can't confuse that with contemporary skiing. And right now that's a little bit confused. So I, I, I tried to kind of validate where he was at because what he was doing was really amazing and I respected it and I loved it, but don't bring it over here as contemporary. How did, it, how did it go? What, what was his response? Or what um, was the I, he was stunned. He, he was yeah. stunned, but I, he needed to hear it. And yeah, yeah. also I gave him a way out because I loved him up, man. I loved what he was doing and I really respected him. Um, but it, it created some boundaries around it. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Very good point. I'll I'll, t I'll share a story. I was skiing in in Sun Peaks in Canada, and I think this is 2013. And there was a guy uh, over there working for the ski school, and and I'd get up, I'd get on the first lift every morning because I would start my my uh, class is at nine, so I'd be on the lift at 8.30 on the beautiful snow and, and this run under the chairlift like was one of the best ones that had the best pitch and it was nice and wide. And so obviously everyone's watching each other as you, as you ski down, people watching you and, and yeah. this change. Yeah. There was this guy who was an Austrian who would also often ski uh, the mornings and we'd, we'd always sort of like pass each other. Like oh, opposite. fun. And, um, and I remember, so I got to know him and this guy, he was actually really good friends with Richie Berger. So he used to, Richie Berger trained him back in sort of Richie Berger's heyday. And I could kind of see it in his technique. Yeah. So we got to know each other and then we went out skiing a few times and he said, Hey, Tom, with your short turns, or I think I might've been asked, like, what do you do in your short turns? He said, you start, start with the upper body. And I said, well, in my association, we don't. We start with the lower body. Yeah. And he said, you well, it's kind of like, well, whatever. You know, that's what I do. You ask me what I do. And so then I decided to try it. And, and 
and it felt really good and weird, but I didn't believe it. So that afternoon I got my wife to video me doing short turns. I said, Jenny, I'm just going to rotate into my short turns, my upper body, doing the wrong thing. And she videoed it. And then I looked at the video and I went, I'm not rotating. Like I'm, I'm looking really dynamic. And so that was a really, I've had some amazing experiences like that yeah. where I break some set beliefs, try it, and then also be a little bit scientific because I had yeah. video was I was just trusting feelings because mm-hmm. it was a feeling and it ended up being a really big breakthrough in my, in my skiing technique. Yeah. Uh, so you know, do you have, do you have a story like that in your career, maybe even earlier on, like when you were racing at a high level, like where you were like, nope, I'm not going to take this person's advice. No, nope, no. Nope. And then you did. And maybe something good happened. Well, uh, I right off the top of my head, um, that's nothing's coming up exactly, but but maybe uh, similar. Uh, I I was a youngster. We were in New Zealand. We were having a training camp, and I was eighteen. And the coaches wanted me to do something really different in my skiing. I don't remember exactly what it was. I'm sure I was a little bit back. I'm sure my my balance was a little bit off. I was very strong, very powerful. I could get away with being a little out of balance at at this stage in my career. And they wanted to change things up. Um, For me, I I was not able to make the change they wanted to see. I felt uncoachable. It was a little bit demoralizing. And that that was tough on me. that camp was over. We came, we came back to the same camp a month later and I communicated with the coaches a little bit differently. And I, I asked them, I said, listen, you know, I'm not bad because I'm on the US ski team. I've made the US team. So something about what I'm doing is working. Uh, I needed to figure out a way with the coaches to not give up what got me to that point, but to add tools, to add skills, to complement more um, to what I was doing. I was not the complete skier yet. And uh, there were some nuances. And when I hear the story that you just told, uh, I, I, I can't imagine you completely changed everything up, but you added just a little accent or a little flavor a little something um, from watching this other skier, this tip of maybe a little upper body, different accent. And wow, I mean, that really was, was what you needed. And, and I think uh, with the coaches, when, when I got to this point where they weren't asking me to change, well, I needed to perceive it as they were not asking me to change I was going to add to what I was doing. And I've tried to deal with a lot of guests on the Hill that way. I like, I'm not here to change you what you do. Maybe you do really well, but we really need to add a little something here and there. And, And that's what, that's how people got to me as an athlete. I think that's, yeah. See, even now reframing that experience, 
that's now probably how I would explain it even if I told the story again to someone else. Right. I would say what I worked out was this was not changing the tip. He was not changing me because I guess in my head when he said do that, I had this image of seeing an intermediate skier rotate and then affect everything else. But I obviously I knew what a what a like an early edged cutting carving ski felt like. So adding this didn't take away from that because like you said, very sensitive. When you get to this level, you're very sensitive. So you will not do something if it takes away from it. But yeah, the, the addition. That yeah. little, that just that. And it, and it is, you know, with skiing at the level that we're at, you know, I mean, it's such little nuances that we're tinkering with, right? It's, it's, minuscule it's centimeters it's timing yeah. it's it's so small and you, you different body parts all the time the emphasis if it's the foot emphasis or if it's the the sternum emphasis or you know just that one little it's yeah. like that little dash of salt just a little more here a little more there and wow i mean that that can make a difference yeah for me like i find some people say, oh, doesn't, don't you get sore from skiing or, or, or tired or whatever? For me, I, the way I approach skiing a lot of the time, it, it feels like yoga to me in a way because, and I guess I was thinking this, like what, what do you kind of need first? Well, first I think you need like the ski to just interact with the snow well. And I think once you've got that, you can start being a little bit more creative with all these body segments to, like you said, change timing and pressure, change um, some other aspects. And so it's really like, I really enjoy that thinking about what my inside wrist elbow is doing for all turns. Like you said, the sternum, my collarbones, like what's, what's the most like, nitty gritty thing you've ever kind of gone out and, and played with Deb is that well the most nitty gritty I mean I I'll tell you I don't I don't know about the most nitty gritty but I'll tell you what I absolutely love yeah uh I love stroking the ski and working the ski through my ankles and when I'm, if I'm going to emphasize rotary and I, you know, I mean, I was a ski racer. So, you know, edging pressure, I mean, that was my life, right? Uh, when I discovered um, more of the rotary action, I fell in love. I mean, I could say that kind of turned into a favorite skill of mine. And and, and then working that nuance with the carving, but, but let me get back to the stroking of the ski and, and working the ankle. So, you know, when I was racing in the eighties, um, you know, working the tip to tail, working the tip to tail. I mean, that, that stroke where, where maybe back kind of at the end of the turn and then we, we get back forward. I mean, we were working four aft, a pretty wide range of four aft. And now with the with these shaped skis and the shorter skis, 
I, I love thinking of Borat within the context of my bindings, within the context of my boot, not, not the tail of my ski or the tip of my ski, but within, within the parameters of that boot and within my binding, working forearm within my foot and getting the stroke and the energy. Um, and, and when I'm working rotary, getting that full stroke or when I'm, I'm just tipping and edging and getting that full stroke, that, that uh, it's, it's, I don't know, it's like a dance. And so for me personally, I love that. And then there's something else that I've been playing with and I don't talk about this with people because uh, I, I think I talked with one guest on the hill about it. It, it. it got into the hips and it got into the hip flexors and the the outside hip flexor and keeping it long and and really working my hips through the turn with the stroke. And, and now I'm just getting out there. I'm in my own head, but I know my personal experience the the stroke of the ski and and the work of the ankle and how that works up into my hip and how I'm I I, I how I'm a kind of I, I I it's not a rotating of the hip but it's an it's, it's a working the hip yeah it's the pelvis the pelvis the pelvis almost driving on the it's femur that, it's that yeah. pelvis stroke yeah um of that of the outside you know i don't it, and i don't even know what you mean and i, I work it i get i i'm just i find power and and i i keep it's like pumping a skateboard yeah yeah pumping the skateboard and you're on a flat i love being on the flat catwalk and having people behind me and they're all going straight and i am working it and pumping yeah. it and making these turns and you you know uh so, so you know like uh, like i think and so interested your take on it but i think so if we uh look at instructors as as maybe a group and how they've learned and, and the the way they think about skiing I, I feel a lot of them maybe miss this part because i think a lot of the time they stop at the hip joint and like you're saying there's there's stuff going at the hip joint turning the femur, the legs and everything. But then what you're describing, and I definitely feel this, is this pelvis adding to it. And, and there's oh, so God. much power oh. in that, like pumping pelvis. And it's in every sport. Like you mentioned the skateboarding, like this, I haven't been able to ski this winter because of lockdowns, but I've surfed heaps and, I, and I'm just getting into it. And man, it's such a good feeling because, because a wave a lot of the time you have to keep pumping because it's not an endless hill that keeps going down, 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 down. It goes down, it goes flat. And if you don't do something, you now have no power. So you need to get back up yeah. and you can only do that with this pelvic I, motion. Yeah. Uh, with and Yeah. Yeah. So you're, I mean, but teaching the hips, coaching the hips, you don't hear it on the hill and no. I, because people don't get it. And, yeah. and generally with the majority of people there, there's so much other stuff to work on. You're going to get more bang for the buck. If you, you deal with the other stuff, 
the level that we're talking about, I mean, if I'm just out on my own, I've got the stroking of the ski with the ankle and I've got this nuanced stuff happening with my hips. I'm like, wow. I mean that, and it's invisible. I mean, you really can't yeah. see it. Um, no. And, but, but, but I think, but I think it's, you, you kind of can, because that's when you watch, you see like two advanced or maybe even expert skiers. And why do you like how someone looks versus the other one? Mm-hmm. It's this kind of invisible sort of, yeah, what this minutiae of stroking the ski, move, like working the pelvis, like just those little things. Well, yeah. and another another one that's invisible that I do talk a lot about on the hill, and I try to be very transparent about it with folks because they can't see it. That's the foot-to-foot pressure and the nuances from foot-to-foot. And, and you know, people aren't going to see that. I mean, you would... Uh, we see it where, cause we understand, I mean, with, with balance and all, but, um, but yeah, there's a lot going on that. Yeah. You, you're not going to see. Yeah. Yeah. But I, like, that's, that's the stuff I love going out and doing. And it sounds like you never waste a single piece of terrain on the hill. The cat tracks, like, I think a lot of people maybe miss, there's all these places where that's where you, I think, get ahead by putting the mileage in like on the, on the little cat track or, or from the top, as you get off the lift, like how you even skate to the, across the flat, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I do. You I know, can tell like that's your personality. You, like you said, you're, you're learning all the time. You got to the US ski team probably because you're like, what can I do here? What can I do here? Well, and, and um, I mean, we just get off on that ski design and that feeling of participating with that ski design and generating energy and and propelling from that energy. I mean, and we know how to do that and we know how amazing that feels. And, you know, on the the old conventional skis of, of the 80s, right? And getting that feeling back then, on those skis, that's when I fell in love with skiing. I remember that day that I'm like, oh my gosh, I just fell in love with that feeling. And and so you're talking about you actually got the feeling on a straight ski. Getting that, getting that yeah. feeling back then. And that, yeah, that's when skiing became my favorite sport. And I was all I, I was already on the US ski team at that time. I was 18 or, or so. Yeah, and having that feeling back then, um, but then shape skis came along and I'll never forget getting on sh- the shape skis for the very first time because it was early and I don't think it was a great pair. Um, and torsionally, I, I think it was just a little too noodly for me. It was a little too soft and I was such a strong skier and, and a carver and I, and I, there was, there just wasn't enough underfoot for me, uh, that I, I didn't really like it, but then once I found one that was stiff enough and the right shape and all, um, I got thoroughly exhausted because for me, that ski was always on edge and I was bending as tight an arc as I could. And that was a lot of energy and that was a lot of turns at a time when everybody else was talking about how easy these new shaped skis were, I'm like, what are you talking about? These things, 
they're kicking my butt. This is hard. <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of, it's high up on edge and I'm bending the ski a lot and making a lot of turns. This takes a lot of energy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like I, um, so were you, so were you slalom specialist or were you? I made the team as a downhiller, uh, but I love the tech and, you know, I, I, you're, you asked about stories. I mean, when I was racing, I wasn't very cognitive about it or not very in my head about what was going on. I, I was very much of a feeler and a watcher. Um, and that's how I learned. And, and I remember uh, following Tamara McKinney, who was a, a tech specialist and a, a, such a, a world-class champion slalom skier. And I was following her and sold in Austria at a training camp. And I remember thinking, Tamara's not stronger than I am. She's not quicker than I am. She's not a better athlete than I am. How can she do what she does on skis? How is she quicker from turn to turn than I am? And I just got right behind her and I followed her. And that's when I figured out my 4F balance. That's when it occurred to me that my hips were just a little back and I needed to, that my, my cues, my my verbal cue at that time was hips up. I needed to yep. get my hips up over my feet. And then I could be right there with Tamara. And I really was able to access the tip of my ski, get the ski to bend, get that energy to propel me from turn to turn. And it wasn't a coach that taught me that. That was following Tamara. If you're serious about stepping up your skiing skills, listen up. I've been working closely with the Carve team for over four years, and they've just unveiled a groundbreaking feature, Active Coaching Mode. And here's the lowdown. Launch it at the top of your run and go through a quick calibration with 10 turns, and it sets a baseline just below your current skill level. From there, every turn is a challenge, adapting on the fly to your skill, terrain, and conditions. No fluff, just a gamified experience pushing you to ski better every turn. It does this by using a super thin insole lined with small pressure sensors and motion detectors. It's like having a personal coach analyzing your every move. And here's the sweet part. If you hit a hot streak with excellent form and you're in for double or triple points, it's addictive, rewarding. Like I said, it's a very gamified experience and it transforms every run into a step towards better skiing. If you're intrigued, and you should be, check out Carve and dive into active coaching mode. Just Google Get Carve to find out more and as a bonus, enter code GELLY15 to take 15% off. It's amazing. I've heard from the Carve team that now nearly over a third of the users are using active coaching mode when they go out and ski with it. So why not give it a try yourself? Yeah, and just figuring out the difference. Like, yeah, and narrowing it down, like you said. Like, because I've had that same, same thought with someone. I'm like, I'm just as good at this person in the gym. Flexible, blah 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 blah. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah. yeah, yeah, and some you know it's that much of a difference. You know, I mean, yep. it, it's just it's uh it's a little it's just a little little bit. Hey, have you? Yeah. Have you had a, a pair of ski boots that have been an absolute terrible, awful, like actually? You got in them and you went, I can't ski. Has that ever happened to you? 
Oh, um, maybe not like E, but you know, I I wouldn't say that bad that I can't ski. Uh, uh, I pretty much can make anything work. I've had the opposite experience though, where I've gone into a boot and it's like, <sighs> thank you. Like, yeah. Which boot was that? This is it. Um. Oh gosh. Well. Um, now I'm going to, I, I, uh, or if you, you know, I, I, the, the boots, the boot, yeah. the boots that I've been in most recently, and they're all, they're all kind of the same. It was that a Nordica and then the Technica, and they were kind of were the, the same mold. Um, love those boots. Uh, this last year I got into a Fisher and I wasn't sure I, I was, I was like, Oh no, I, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to feel when I got onto the hill with that new Fisher because I so loved those Nordicas, that Doberman and the Technica. I mean, they worked well for me. And I got into that Fisher, took one run, one run. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is good. So, like, so it's like this, almost just like it just made it a little bit easier. I'm like, thank you. Yeah. 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 And it, it, it was a total. Because uh, uh, um, uh, you expecting the worst. I, was, expecting I, the worst. I wasn't expecting the worst. I, it wasn't that at okay. all because I knew I could make anything work and I was going to be yeah. happy in anything. I yeah, yeah. was so happy when I got into it and I didn't have to make it work, but it's like, wow, this, I'm, I've got what I need here. This is, this is good. So have you put those two boots together and have you feel like, can you describe even what do you, I haven't done that. I haven't done that yet. And that's, I haven't done that, which is so interesting, but that's not me at my best. I've, I've never been, I've never geeked out with my equipment that way. For me, the equipment is like, it's giving me a peace of mind and I'm getting that feeling. Um, kind of like when I was a racer, I, I, I couldn't have explained to you really what I was doing. It was that feeling. I'm kind of that way with my equipment because yeah. I'm not like Bodie Miller or the Mayor twins who were in the shop and they were making the skis and tweaking everything. That never was me. Just give it to me and I'm going to let you know if it's working for me or not. Yeah. yeah. Um, but now that you mentioned that, it, it would be interesting. I was wondering if that Fisher boot maybe had a little more volume when I put my foot into it, I was wondering if without the bladder in there, if there was a little more volume than the others. And that that's what made me wonder. Uh, and I could be wrong. I don't know if that was the case. Cause when I got can, into can I it, guess I'm, I'm going to bring over a, a ski boot. Okay. To, Cause I, I, I love geeking out on, on this stuff. I, I love yeah. geeking out. I, so that's my old Fisher. Oh, sweet! The yeah. one fifty. That's yeah. the the newer one. Okay. A couple of old the the GT podium one forty. Yeah. Anyway, awesome. I've been uh, experimenting because I make videos for for people on my website about like you're going to check your equipment. Here's some things to consider. Yeah. Show you this boot from this angle. I want you to just notice where the edge of the uh, sole is. Yeah then how uh, my foot might be able to come over like the yeah. inside edge of my arch. Yep, yeah. yep. Yeah. Now I'm going to hold up the other one. 
can you see this doesn't sit as much yeah like internally i couldn't get my foot over to my big toe side as uh -huh. easy already i'll put them up both together now yeah can you see that yeah they're, they're did you lightly is that how it's made or like, did you do did you do something there? Did you punch it? How it's made. And I okay. might say there's two millimeters. Yeah. So I think, oh, nothing. I step in this yellow boot without a liner, without a footbed, nothing. And I just test how easy I can roll my foot. Yellow one, easy, easy, easy. Black one, more effort. Huh. And yeah. So, and this yellow one for sure, I remember, I haven't skied in it for a while, but it was a. Um, it was just so good. I always had much. Yeah, icy snow, easier, and it's just uh, levers. Like, where's yeah. the pivot point of the boot? Yeah. Where's my weight? Uh -huh. If it's a bit more over the top, I can tip it easier. Not so. I'm just maybe to your question about the volume. Even I wonder if you get those boots and have a look. I wonder if there's a couple of mil. Yeah, that would be interesting. And and again, yeah. that's so that's funny because that I mean. I, I should show you a photo. I raced in the U.S. National downhill on the two completely different boots. Like, like you don't see that, right? Because yeah. I broke my leg and I was healing. So I had one boot on my right leg. Yep. And my left leg was a different boot. It was the old Nordica Polaris. I don't know if you remember that boot, but it came up almost to your knee. It was a recreational boot. Whoa. I know. And I raced in that boot in U.S. National Downhill. So so that that kind of tells you the story of my mentality. When, I mean, I just put me on something and yeah. I'm going. Um, yeah. Yes. And, yeah. And, and I think that's a really good point. And uh, like because my uh, my my sort of business partner, Sam, he, he raced world championships, uh, super G and he's the same. He's like, he skis in a touring boot and a one fifteen underfoot ski and just like slays the mountain. I'm like, Oh wow. And then same in whatever, it doesn't matter. He, he kind of makes it work. Um, and so I think that's really important to, to consider, but then like, I think there is that other aspect of like looking at this stuff. It, it, I mean, like you said, like, what if, you can get in a boot that makes 0.5% easier. What if that just allows your muscles to feel better throughout the day and not, you know, yeah, whatever. I, I, and it, and the, the important thing is it's not an either or that, yeah. that, you know, I mean, That's true, yeah. it's not an either or, I mean, I could, I could ski in anything, but did I spend time with somebody working on my boots to make them just right? Absolutely. Did we grind them out? Did we make sure that I was, that, you know, that I was all in alignment? I mean, so yeah, 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 you need to take care of those things. And also I, you know, with my alignment, with my anatomy, uh, I did not have quirky things with my anatomy that needed to be overcome. That I, I had oh, I, I, I could hop into right any pair of boots and I was just straight up and down. I never canted. I never had to do any of yep. that. So, yep. so, so because that, that was an advantage for me. Um, and I, I agree. That's, that's what I think this, my friend, Sam, same thing. I look at him. 
his legs are like set up yeah really well yeah. for skiing yeah and, and i've got bowed legs yeah so you've got to you so it it makes all the sense in the world that my bias my natural thing you know i'm not going to focus on that in the same way you yeah. are because you need to and yeah. then we, we kind of get to this middle place of course i'm going to pay attention to my equipment that's that is all all things being equal you know that's very important and of course you know, you need to be ballpark, but then, you know, there, there are some people that, uh, I mean, heck I, I was somebody when I was on the world cup, I did not complain about my equipment. I did not use my equipment as an excuse. Uh, now I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that the world championships in 1985, uh, I got fourth in that race in the GS by five one hundredths of a second. And I'm not going to tell you all of the drama of my skis and the technician leading into that race. I mean, it, it was really a nightmare. It was not a good situation. And when I look back and think, wow, I uh, missed a medal by five one hundredths of a second with all that we were dealing with, (laughs) with equipment, um, and you know, that, that was a situation where, uh, attending to the equipment a little differently would have made a difference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, they're both sides are true here. Yep. Yep. Totally. Good point. Good point. Great. So what do you, what do you like with your skiing, you get back on snow this season uh, we, we've chatted a bit before I started recording now about you're taking an approach. You're much more prepared physically coming into this season, correct? You, you, you realized last year you were not, you've hit this tipping point in terms of age. Maybe do you want to speak to, to that? Because I think there'd be some people here that either have gone through that or, or have realized, you know, there's, there's a point. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we're, uh, I mean, I, I, uh, we're, we're all getting older. Right. And, and so I'm, I'm 57 and I was on the U S ski team. I still consider myself an athlete, but there's, there's no question in the world. I don't have the strength that I used to have. Uh, I have much more wisdom than I used to have. And I also have had the advantage from my elite athletics, um, you know, I've been able to get away with not working out maybe as much as I should and da, 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 da. So yeah, last year I think was a low point for me. I did not invest in my conditioning as I can, as I should have. And I felt it on the hill and that for me was problematic. So this summer, uh, I got after it. I, you know, I can't take this for granted anymore. And, but the other thing is, is uh, I'm, you know, I still am a, a finely honed skier and, and I love high performance skiing and I do not like the feeling of a sloppy turn. Yeah. And, but I'm not able to make a crisp turn on a real steep slope that's very, very firm like I used to. Maybe I can make three or four good crisp turns on that steep pitch 
but then I need to ease up on it a little bit, slow the speed down a little bit and get back to a place where I can get four good ones in. But I'm not going to make 10 or 12 sloppy turns down that steep, firm pitch with really big, long, drawn out arcs. I don't like that. I yeah. still like to bend a tight arc. I like to bend as tight an arc as I can for the ski that I'm on. Um, because that's a challenge that I, I really enjoy. Uh, and so I pay a lot of attention to the pitch and what am I, what am I capable of? And, you know, it's just different approach to the hill than it was when I was 25. And then, because, you know, you've got, you must see yourself skiing a lot because you, you've got a, a really great, uh, Sort of collection of content on YouTube, so you get to see yourself skiing. Um, do, yeah. Are you thinking? Yeah. Are, are you thinking this season? Is there anything you'd like to? Even if it's just style, is that you're coming in? Are you like you got any goals or like what's the what's what's your? Is it just is it more coaching? Like you said, you're really into like the the, the giving people the best experience, and so being present with that. Well, it is true. It is true. My competitiveness has switched a little bit about me and my physicality and the turns that I'm making to my competitiveness of, of making sure that each guest interaction is, is transformative. And I am reaching that person as the professional, as the educator. I really want to meet that person where they're at. I do take a lot of joy out of that. And, and uh, that is, that's awesome. Um, for me and my skiing personally, <clears throat> uh, yeah, you know, I'd like to push myself this season. I mean, I'll be turning 58 this season and I'd like to push my range of motion. Um, you know, and, and when I say, lateral range of motion. That does not mean that I am moving laterally. It is they look, if a picture is taken of me with my legs laterally out from under me, but I'm, I'm always thinking fore aft and I'm thinking working into the tip of that ski. I mean, that's how you bend it. That's, yep. that's how I pressure it. And, and that's giving me the short leg, long leg look of, yep. I, so you know what I'm talking about. Yep. I, I mean, people are going to think about that and talk about that in different ways. I talk about that as a fore aft, uh, bending the tip of the ski, shortening the inside leg, and and with the edge angle and the shortening in the inside leg, you know, all of that that happens. Yeah. But that range of motion, um, I. I would like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I can tell I'm getting more limited with that. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. part of it is my flexibility because my, that my inside leg is just not getting like that short. It's not floating. I mean, I, you look at shots of, of, of Schifrin and, and all of these guys and you know, that, that inside me, it's just in their chest in a way that I can't do that anymore. Yeah. 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 
so so it sort of comes back almost to like again your motivation for this summer and and fall getting physically fit because like you said you're getting older you still want to keep that range you've got to do something about it so you can perform on snow how you how you'd like yeah i mean your condition your flexibility your physical condition i mean you know this we're but it's so intimately tied to what we're able to do the type of turn we're able to execute and it it just takes a lot of flexibility it takes a lot of strength precision (laughs) um and uh yeah cool 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 so and what about moguls you because you i love them i anything i love them is there a line you're trying to like improve a bit more fluidity or, or or consistency with like in the moguls if it's just a day you're skiing by yourself you're just doing moguls what what do you want to nail this season in your in your moguls um well last year i that's where i felt challenged with my strength my physicality and i'm like that this it's this isn't safe you can fake it but this isn't okay that's mm-hmm. when i got into those zipper line moguls that were really really icy yes. and um challenged myself uh so this next year i i want to do that more i i, I you know i'd like to get to that zipper line moguls where kids train yep. and um i'd like to get in it and train myself but then uh, um, I think I, I love the moguls. I, but for me, when I'm out there on the mountain free skiing, I'm not skiing the zipper line very much. I mean, I, I like trying to yeah. find the, the bank of the neighboring mogul and, and make that very deep round, you know, that deep round uh turn line line yeah Yeah. Yeah. um i i love that line i love that line and does anyone uh, stick out to you that that you think like maybe on the internet or you know is just a master at that oh gosh i I, um i'm not going to be able to throw out any names uh but when i see it i saw some video I saw some video of, of somebody, I'm, I'm not off the top of my head, I'm not remembering names, but it was like 15 years ago, I think. So the ski was a little bit longer uh, and they were so flipping athletic. I mean, pace, round, quick, mixing it all up. They weren't so hung up on the look, you know, I, we can, you know, we're performing and we can get really hung up on look or positioning, that sort of stuff. And these, these guys, what I saw was just epic athleticism, Yeah, such athleticism um, and getting out of balance and then just right back in balance. I love seeing that, you know, out of balance, yeah, back yeah. in it. And how oh, I, it just was so fun. Yeah. 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 I think that's, that's really important. Like 
that's what I love seeing people like putting on people that almost can put on a show yeah. and you're just blown away by um, yeah, the athleticism and the, 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 the creativity they can put into it, into, especially in a mogul field. Cause I think that allows that cause you can really use the terrain to get air, not get air, right compared to yeah and you know i see a lot of folks who are good skiers um and in their mind i think they're putting on a show they're they're kind of making these these perfect turns and then they perfectly mix it up and then they perfectly do a little jump and then they perfectly everything and i'm like whoa i mean that's not how a, a slalom ski race is going to be, I mean, it, it, to me, it's like you're, I love seeing somebody who's it, they're in control, but they are on the edge. Like, yeah, like they are so on the edge of almost out of control, but they're so athletic and they're so good. They're still in control and they mix it up and you don't really know what's going to happen next. And they just continue to keep it together and they just blow me away. I don't know. Yeah. I find that really exciting. Same. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think you have to really make that decision as a, cause that's, a, that's maybe a hard choice as a skier because it is risky, you know, yeah. but I, if your, if your goal is to try and move towards that, you have to put yourself in those situations. And you want to know what? it's risky when you're not really fit. Yeah. I mean, that that's where, yeah, it's risky. I mean, cause see, I'm not going to do that these days. I really can't afford that. Right. Yeah. But that when I see people who are there, they're, they're that strong, you know, and, and athletic and they know that they can be a little out of balance and they've got that strength and they're, they're, they're on the edge of out of control, but they never are. They're so strong. They're just with it and they keep it going. And I mean, yeah. to me, that that's, what's just amazing and so fun to watch. Nice. Hey, so if we if, wrap, wrapping up here, uh, how can people, cause I know you've been uh, putting together some, some programs or, or people can, maybe join you or learn about your ski fitness program. Do you want to talk a bit about that? And then any ways that people can uh, connect with you or find you? Well, um, you found me on Instagram, but I'm not there very often. <laughs> I, I do have my YouTube channel, Deb Armstrong yep. skiing. And, uh, and I, whenever people comment on the, I, I see every comment uh, I'm liking it or I'm responding to it. I, I see all of them. That's um, probably not the best way to have a, a conversation. Yeah. Uh, but people can find me that way for sure. And also, um, I have, uh, I just started my website, skistrong.org. Right. And with skistrong.org, uh, there's a, you can contact me through that. People right. can find me there. And, and what, what do uh, people find on ski, ski strong? Skistrong.org. Well, what I've got, I've got my merch, right? I got yeah. my ski strong merch. Um, and you know, I, I, uh, I've got, I'm getting a lot of requests about skiing with me and I'm not doing a whole lot of that because I just don't have the time. I've got some programming down in Cal Ski Valley in New Mexico, 
that I'm doing some there, but um, but I I am accessible and people can find me through that and through the website. I've got my YouTube's and you know I'm just able to communicate and and it's new, so I'm just sort of building it out and we'll see what comes right. of it. Awesome, great. Yeah. Well, thank thanks so much. I I'm gonna I'm gonna ask a request of you if you when you get back on snow. Uh, which will be pretty soon for you, won't it? You, oh, you're going to Solden. I am going to Solden. Yeah, yeah, I am going to Solden. Yeah. Um, but around here, I mean, I'll, uh, late late October, I'll probably get on yeah. snow a couple of days. In early November, I'll be on snow for sure. Can you can you message me what you think is the Fisher Technica difference? Like oh. like you can feel it. So I'd love to just hear, like, when you look at it, it's like maybe there's, yeah, maybe it is the internal volume. So maybe, you know, I'm, and, I'm, and right off the yeah. top of my head, just from the very first impression, I, I felt something a little different laterally. It was, yeah. it was a lateral stiffness that I liked. I liked. So I, I'm going to have to look at them and, and really see how, yeah, cool. I'll, I'll pay attention yeah. to that. We, because I'm think about that now. stuff. I love it. This what won't be the last time we chat. No. No, this won't definitely. be the last time. I, I can tell that we, we can geek out a long time together. Yeah. This is fun. I love it. It's yeah. Great. Yeah. The, it's, really I mean, the, it's, it's so, uh, there's always a, 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 like two sides of the coin, positives and negatives. And, you know, I think COVID has helped people connect worldwide uh, yeah. a, whole lot, a whole lot better. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Here. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, let's 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 stay in touch and I hope people enjoyed listening to this chat. Well, I'm glad it worked out. This was very spontaneous, but uh, it, it was a lot of fun. We'll do more. Exactly. Some of you may already know that I've been advising Carve and working with the team for some time now. And this year, the team has come up with probably some of the most exciting developments to date. They've been working on representing the most fun parts of skiing in their system. They've developed three brand new metrics, progressive edging, early weight transfer, and one that measures the G-force in a turn. And that one, I have to say, I got to try it out this winter in Australia, and that is really fun. This new addition is going to be incredible for anyone who's looking to really push their skiing up a notch. Now, what's even more interesting for this year is the system now detects what terrain you're on and pulls that into your ski IQ score. This is a huge change and a great upgrade because sometimes it would only really score well if you were skiing on perfectly groomed snow. Now it's going to accommodate and adjust whether you're skiing in steeper slopes, more chopped up snow or firmer snow. So this is a very big change that I think is massive kudos to the team to keep pushing and progressing the app even further. If you're the kind of skier that is looking for a tool to help push your technique that little bit further, then you should definitely check out what Carve can do. Use the code GELLY15, that's G-E-L-L-I-E-1-5, to get 15% off for the next two weeks.